Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Steigman, and with me, as always, is my pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right, you're listening to a show called High Spirits, in which we talk about ghosts and we drink alcohol. Noelle, what you drinking? Uh, tonight, I am drinking uh, from the Wine Cube. <laughs> <laughs> it has 300-plus awards. Wine Cube, you can find it at Target. Hey, what do you know? Uh, <laughs> this eventide, I am drinking... From Revolution Brewing, mm. uh, the Pills. The Pills. The Chicago Pilsner. Okay. That's on the, that's uh, different for you. You're normally on the the Ippas, right? Yep. Am I saying that right? No, you're not. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't do those, so I don't Would know. Would you like a sip of that? I'm, I'm just looking at the can. Stop I'm, touching it, you mofo. Uh, I'm curious. I like the lady on it. Yeah. She's a lady. She's a lady. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> How's it going? Everything's going just fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, want to say thank you to our listeners for sticking with us. Yes, thank you. We have a really great listening population in Nebraska. You don't say. I do say. Um, we also have a great listening population in LA. Los Angeles. That's California. The one. Los Angeles. Not California. Louisiana. Um, I think when we do New Orleans episodes, we get a spike in, uh, Louisiana people. Yeah, yeah. They like their, they like their New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, LA. We know some people out there. Yeah, hey, LA. Hi, guys. Hey, um, hey, Nebraska. Nebraska. Thank you. Go Huskers. I'll see you in March. Oh, you go to there? I'll be in Omaha. Oh, is it for the March Madness? It's for the Madness. Oh. I'll be there. Yeah. Okay, we'll take pictures and make sure that the, the, you... Uh, thank them for being a high spirits town. I will. You know, I'll say this about um, the fine city of Omaha. Um, it's really nice. I've never been. It's, I had a... I've heard great things about it. I had a preconceived notion, I will admit, because I was like, oh, Nebraska is so boring and flat. And I went to Omaha, and it's lovely. Um, had some of the best cocktails of my life at really? this place, this cocktail bar called, I think it's called Barry and Ive. Ives? Um, I, I probably have that wrong, but, um, it's a really cool cocktail bar. Well, thank you for supporting us, uh, Barry and Ives. I, yeah, I'm sorry if I'm getting your name wrong. Um, (laughs) upstairs, here's the best part about it. Upstairs is a dental office. (laughs) So you actually have to go into the bar to go upstairs to the dentist's office. Oh. Uh, but it's a really, it's a really cool cool. spot. That's kind of like a, has a speakeasy feel to it. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, uh, the bartender. Right, the the bartender slash uh, mixologist was slash dentist slash dentist oral surgeon actually, um, (laughs) (laughs) was amazing and and uh, hung out with us all night and yeah I I had a blast when it the last time I was there so I'm really excited to get back. Had some really awesome steaks. Oh yeah, because they're known for those. That's their thing. Yeah, yeah. So Omaha, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, Noelle, what do you have for us this evening? Well, Jay, um, so uh, I don't know if you remember, but this last Saturday, we did some lady marching. (laughs) We did. We did. Yeah, I used my hips and... I used uh, my feet. We stood for a very long time. I used my bosom. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to think of the difference between lady marching and marching. Yeah. We, We more shuffled. Because there were so many yeah. people there. Actually, I almost posted a picture of us, um, uh, High Spirits marching, and then I was like, what if we get a troll? Yeah. Yeah. But since we're talking about it, I might as well post our picture. 
You might as well. Um, we, yeah, we went to the, the women's March on Saturday. It was great. It was awesome. The weather was nice. Um, it was awesome to be around all of the women and, um, be with our friends. And, uh, so I thought that maybe today I'd talk about some, uh, kick-ass lady ghosts. Yes, please. So I've got, uh, I've got two, I, I think I can get through both of them. Um, but we'll see. So, um, this is kind of. I kind of have like a, 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 this is a dual thing. So this is in honor of kick-ass lady ghosts. And it's also an apology to Denmark. So today. (laughs) Oh no. What'd you do to Denmark? Well, I just needed to learn where it was and said a lot of things that were wrong and have continuously called people from Denmark Dutch. Um, (laughs) You're not. I know that you're from Denmark and it's called Danish. Honestly. Is that why you were asking me those questions earlier? Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'll come into play later. Okay. I, won't I know that. that Holland is the Netherlands and it is a totally different country. I know all of these things now. Um, <laughs> and you've known them for a long time. I've known them for a long time. Listen, I am a student of Shakespeare and I know mm-hmm. Hamlet, but that's about it. So anyway, uh, Prince of Denmark. Sorry, I'm really bad at geography. So today, Jay and friends, I would like to tell you the story of Ingeborg Skiel. (laughs) The one, the only. Apologies in advance. The one, the only. For uh, the thousands of mispronunciations. Oh my God, she made such a good herring. She did. Do they eat herring there? Are we going to Denmark? I think we have to now because we need to go to this place and I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay. In order to know Ingeborg Skiel, we should talk about <clears throat> the land that she once owned called Vergard. Vergard. Vergard? Vergard. Located <clears throat> north of Drowning Lunch. Oh man, I'm so sorry. On the North Jutland Peninsula in northwestern Denmark. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. I'm sorry that I'm laughing so much. I have a sinking suspicion that you're trolling me the way that you did with uh, Ghost Cat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is for real. Wait, no, she's awesome. You're going to be so excited okay. about her. I just did, but I do have to uh, flashback time here on High Spirits. There was a time when Noelle really did prank me to the extent that I was like, uh-huh. She's like, today for the hour, I will be talking about ghost cats. And I really believed it. No, we're really talking about Ingeborg skill. Okay, exciting. Um, <clears throat> I practiced saying her name like 17 times last night. Okay. So from 1510 through 1596, uh, Jacob Vapen, sorry, Vapen, I don't know. Jacob Anderson transfers the farm to Bishop, um, the Bishop of Borglum, Niels Steige Krumpen, um, who makes the farm headquarters into his entire diocese. Um, he, there, uh, the interesting thing about him was that he, um, had a mistress. Um, his name, her name was Elizabeth 
Gleidenstern. Um, I always find that to be the most interesting thing about a man. His mistress. His mistress. Well, because he was a bishop and he had... Um, oh, He I had see. sworn an oath of celibacy. Oh. And so uh, what's interesting <clears throat> about them is that they lived like a married couple. And they mm-hmm. kind of, like, didn't care. And so they had parties and they went on hunting trips together and... That was like the Borgias did that forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of kind of interesting, and like I'm I'm gonna zip through the history just for the sake of time, but I'm a little curious about him and her and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then we jump in time to 1578 to 1588. Um, Frederick II transfers, so he had, in between had taken control of the land. He transfers the land to Karen Crab, um, who gives the land to her daughter, Ingeborg Skeel, and her husband, um, Otto Banner. The house, uh, they, they build a house on the land. It's completed in 1588. Um, Frederick II, who is a very good friend to the family, supplies this beautiful sandstone portal, so it's like a big archway, which he originally intended um, to be put in at uh, Fredericksburg Castle, which was his castle, but instead he decided to gift it to them. That's very nice. Yeah, still standing. It looks gorgeous from the pictures that I saw. Um, jump in time again. So there, there is a war happening. Um, Ingeborg actually owns the house until, or the land until her death in 1604. Um, and then in 1644, it is taken by and conquered by Colonel Von Vonson um, with his army of volunteer farmers. I'm going to get into the farmer thing because at first I was like, is that right? Because here's the thing. I read a lot of translated websites because everything was in Danish or another Scandinavian language. Um, (laughs) And so uh, I had to, I had to go to Google translate for a lot of this. So at first I was like, farmers can't be right. It can't be right. It is right. And I'll get to that. Oh, okay. So he had an army of volunteer farmers who actually conquered the the land and took it over. Um, Prior to that, it was a staffing district for Swedish occupation forces. So, um, the land had been attacked multiple times between um, 1627 and 1629, and then 1643 to 1645, um, when the colonel event- eventually conquered it. And then they had possession of the land um, until 1872, when Peter uh, Vergard takes over. Okay. He repurchases the part of the land that had been sold out because after um, the Danish army had taken over, they sold off some of the land to these farmers. He takes that back. Um, here's, and I, I'm sorry because I meant to get further clarification on this and I actually forgot to go back. So according to the website I was at, it said by his death in 1914, Vergard is one of the, um, Vergard is one of the country's largest estates at 3,500,000 tons of land. What? So I converted that. Okay. To acres, which conversion to acres is 
864,868,835 million eight hundred and sixty-eight eight hundred and thirty-five acre eight hundred and sixty-eight thousand eight hundred and thirty-five acres. That's a lot of acreage. Which also converts into two million one hundred and seventy-four thousand seven hundred and ninety-nine miles. That can't be right. That <laughs> cannot be right. Is Denmark that big? No. I, do, I mean I don't know. I don't know. But I the, the, I mean I feel like that would take over the entire country. That's a lot of So this is acreage. not accurate. Oh okay. is what I'm saying. Or I have like. Let's the, just go with the um, with the uh, sprawling estate. Yeah, the, the, I was gonna say the, the uh, system of numbers I like to use, where I just am like fucking big. Mm-hmm. It's a real fucking big plot yeah. of land. <laughs> yeah. So, I liked your, yours was classier, sprawling estate. Sprawling estate of Vergard. Okay, then. 1955 to 1963, the Danish-French Count E. Oberbeck Clausen buys and starts restoration. Um, and in the 1963 on his, upon his death, he leaves, um, he leaves it to a family fund whose sole purpose is to preserve the castle for posterity and keep the art collection open to the public because the estate is known for its amazing art collection among other things. Cool. Um, the art collection hosts works by Rubens, Raphael, El Greco, um, there's furniture from um, the various Louis. Louis. Louis the 16th, yeah. right? Am I getting the numbers right? No, probably. That doesn't seem right. That does seem right. Yeah. Does it? Okay. Uh, Napoleon's dining table is there. Mm-hmm. There are several Ming vases, vases. Um, Do you, are we are we doing vase now? Have we? I don't. I feel like if it's a Ming, it's a vase, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, so I say vase. I say vase as well. Vase. I just don't want to be the person who decides one time to say aunt. No. It's aunt all the way. Foyer. (laughs) Foyer. (laughs) Right? It's foyer, right? Can you go to the foyer and dust the vase? Aunt Marge is coming. (laughs) Aunt Marge. I have an Aunt Marge. It's just regionalism, (laughs) y'all. Um... So, uh, a couple of things about the estate. Um, there's the gold room. Uh, there's a gentleman a gentleman by the name of Peter Reitz who inherited the land in 1732 and created the gold room. Um, the gold room is covered with leather, golden leather cloth made from, <laughs> this is again where the translation got the best of me and I couldn't figure out like what they were, what it was. Um, so the best I could, Decipher was, it's made from something that grows in the castle's forests. <laughs> Trees. Elk skin. It's hard to say. Um, the North Wing was um, created by Bishop Crumpen, Crumpen and his mistress, or Elsabeth. I said her name wrong before. Um, so I, I kind of talked about them already a little bit. Um he caused a lot of disgrace, actually, to his congregation and to the people Aww. because he was having this. Aff- I mean, I don't want to call it a, an affair because it was a consensual. I mean, I guess affairs are. I don't. Now I'm like digging myself a hole. But like, it was against his oath, I guess, and so. Right, but he treated maybe them like a family, and he. Right, like she was his. Her. She was his partner. Right. Um. There's also the Rosendotten, which is. Um, Vergard's most famous dungeon, which makes me wonder if, are there multiple dungeons? Um, there must be. Yeah. 
It's located in the oldest part of the castle. It's so small that neither an adult can neither stand uh, nor lie down. Ew. Oh. Yeah. There's no light or, or air holes. No, ma'am. Um, so actually on the website, I have to find it. Um, there was this amazing write-up describing the dungeon. Um, and of course, this is how it was translated. So I'm going to read it exactly how it was written sure. in the translate, the Google translation from their website. So the dungeon was used as late as 1840, which is crazy. Thank you. So it says in the narrow prisoners of war, the air is embarrassing, painful and terrifying stories of a merciless mermaid. What? Terrible stories. Sorry. Terrible stories about the penguin Ingeborg Skeel, who killed the castle builder by killing him in the moat. <laughs> Ingeborg's cruel woes are still adhering to their destiny. Her dazzled soul cannot find peace in the grave, and she still haunt Vergard Castle today. So I don't know what, who this mermaid or this penguin is, but... Um, Into it. Yeah, like it's... It was... I'm sure it's, like, beautifully written in Danish on their website. Sure. Which is from the website, um, it, the the estate's website, which is uh, vergard.dk. Okay. Um, so, you can visit this place. It's a tourist attraction now because that is what the trust is for. Um, I'd love to visit. I would love to go there. Actually. It looks like it's, it looks absolutely beautiful. We'll post pictures of, um, the land and the, the build, like the mansion, which are the castle. I'm a castle is, guy. It's, and it's not, um, like a traditional castle. Oh. It looks more like a mansion. Oh. It's beautiful. Um, the, uh, cost to go there in American dollars I did Seven thousand five hundred eighty. Uh, no, get ready for this. Adults are sixteen dollars and forty-four cents. Oh, children ages seven to thirteen. That's right. If you're thirteen, you are still a child. America. God damn it. Um, I say that only because I we had to took pay. Took your kiddo to that thing. And, we went yeah. to that Winter Wonderfest, and my kid, because she was over forty-two inches, had to pay an adult price. She's five. Yeah, that balloon. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Seven to thirteen children, five dollars and twelve cents. Um, children, uh, babies two six zero to six free. Denmark killing it. Mm-hmm. We're going. Mm-hmm. I've I don't know how to, to get go. there. I we're going. Airplane. Did you say you don't know how to get there? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to get. Sucking them off. I I don't know where I no I know where you are now. Um. No, they're actually, it's, there are directions, like, all over the website on how to get there. They yeah. want you to come. And we'll you should. We'll find Copenhagen. Like, we'll look at the Hans Christian Andersen uh, statues. Is he from there? Uh, I think so. You just gave me a look like, stop embarrassing yourself. No, no, no. I mean, I, I thought so. I, no, you're probably right. I'm the worst. I don't, I'm sorry. All right. Do you want to talk about Ingeborg? I don't know anything about her, but I'll, do you want me to freestyle? No, I'm going to tell you about her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was an invitation All right, so we've talked, about, we've talked about the house, or the like, land. Ingeborg was a sturdy woman who, who liked gingham. I like to think that she was not so much sturdy, but... Hefty? No. <laughs> I think she was probably a slight woman, but 
spirited. Okay. You know what she loved to do on Tuesdays? Yeah. She liked to um, uh, work on her loom. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I'm finished talking about her. I'd like to listen drinking, to her now. Drinking some mead. It was some <laughs> drunk looming. Oh. <laughs> I just got an excited. I got really excited. Yeah, about that I know. Way. That was amazing. Let's have some drunk looming. Okay. Do you have a loom? Your daughter has a loom. My daughter has a loom. We're going to loom like crazy when the show's over. <laughs> drunk looming. <laughs> I'm going to get frustrated really fast with that stupid thing. All right. All right. Ingeborg Skill, born at Nygaard between... I'm not going to... Okay. Vale and Colding, I think. Um, she was the daughter of Niels Skill whose name I love so mm-hmm. much. And uh, Karen Crabb. Uh, her ha- eldest brother, Hans Skeel, was killed in the Battle of Swartera in 1565, and her youngest sister, Dorta Skeel, died in childbirth in 1578. So, left her, basically. Um, on uh, August 31st, August 1516, at... Um, Nygaard, and in the presence of King Frederick II, she married Otto Banner, um, and uh, they um, then, as I said before, were given um, by her mother, uh, Vergard, in 1578. So um, she, her mother acquired it in 1578 after several negotiations um, from the crown in exchange for Nygaard. So they actually traded off their land for this large estate. Um, the, the estate, uh, received status as a local judicial unit, um, for several parishes in the area. Um, in 1586, Otta died and, um, Ingeborg had become a, a widow. Now the thing was, is that when her mother had given her the land, she wanted to give it to her daughter, but because she was a female, yeah, her husband actually had to have be the rightful landowner. Isn't that so bogus? It's so bogus. Speaking of the ladies' march, ladies, this is um, primogeniture, and it is a bad thing. And uh, up into the mid twentieth century here in America, that was also the case. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is the 16th century. So what she's Trying doing... Trying to leave your daughter your shit is real hard. I mean, what both of these women are doing is actually very, very incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when when he died, um, which debate on... De, there was unclear on exactly when he died. Okay. Uh, I, there were a couple of different dates, but I think 1586 is probably the accurate year. That happens when we go back in time. Yeah. To, yeah. So, um, but, uh, after, after he passed, she was actually granted ownership of the land. They didn't have any kids. Nope. See, thank God. Cause if they had a, a male oh, child that yep. was like a year old, he would have had all that shit. Yep. So she was able to be the sole landowner, which is really amazing. So what she did was um, she worked with the assistance of a master builder and sculptor by the name of Philip Brandon, who I believe was Norwegian. That's going to come in later. Um, And he built out this extension to the home. Um, 
here's what she did. She was a very savvy farm to table marijuana hemp. She I'm kidding. Fucking <laughs> ruled that town. Nice. And that land. Like she was a very savvy businesswoman. Good. She personally managed her estate and her holdings. Um it was regularly expanded through new acquisitions. So she was just like taking over stuff. Like she was like Boom, I want that. I'm going to take that. I now own that. You report to me. Ingabar. Nice. Um, she alone, com- uh, Vergard, so the estate alone comprised more than 300 farms. So that's where the farmers' revolt came into play because mm-hmm. the local farmers were not into this woman I can see that. being their boss and acquiring their farms and telling them how to run their business. They didn't like any of that. Sure. So I'm sure you see where this is going. Um, she was... Um, they, t- they tried to take her down. More or less. Um, after after Ada's death, um, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, she was granted lifelong ownership of um, some other... I, I don't... I'm sorry. I'm going to pronounce these wrong. Uh, so... Oh, now I'm nervous because I don't want to screw this up. Amtofti in Thai and struck halls on Moors, which were other uh, local businesses or local like parishes. Sounded real good, dude. Yeah, thanks. Um, she was also really active in uh, trade with grain and other goods. So she was like in it. Um, but with the grain trade, um, citizens of Alborg complained that she was guilty of unauthorized trade in the town's market rights, um, like a so-called land, land praying, um, <clears throat> and that she kept a tent at markets selling German beer and other items. Sounds like my lady. I think she sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, wh- um, she was also a really big philanthropist. She restored and partly refurbished the churches which belonged to uh, Vergard and Asdell. What churches? Catholic churches or Protestant churches? I don't know. I'm going to guess Protestant. Okay. Um, I'm only wondering because I didn't know if that was maybe a source of war or a source of people not liking her. I, I don't. That time period. Is, I don't is, know. It could actually, though, like if we're talking about a bishop who had given an or sworn an oath of celibacy, it's probably Catholic. Well, yeah, I mean, but in that time, I, I don't want, I don't want to like spice it up with this yeah. stuff. But between fifteen seventeen and about like uh, sixteen fifty, everything was going back and forth and back and forth. Right. Because Martin Luther in fifteen seventeen was sort of the catalyst of the right. Protestant Reformation. So right, he handed out his memo to everybody. Right. So <laughs> um, again, philanthropy is wonderful, but if if the if the farmers were Protestant and they didn't like who they were getting, that's giving. a very good point. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. So I ain't coming. I'm not going against Ingeborg. I'm just saying. Right. So she refurbished the churches that were part of her land. Um, <clears throat> the tower of a very church was built by her and her husband, according to an inscription in the church. So when he was still alive, they did that. So that was, I think, like the main church. Um, she. Also financed the lime wash frescoes in another church called Scave Church. Um, in 1588, she established a hospital in Sabi, although it closed uh, following her death due to lack. The, this is terrible. 
um, due to a lack of a signature from her husband on a letter of gift. Boo. Yep. Um, so fucking boo, y'all. Yeah. Nope. So that's really freaking ridiculous. Um, Women's rights are human rights. <laughs> <laughs> does she not bleed? If you prick her, does she not bleed? Anyway, uh, in her old age, she took in two orphan children of noble descent into her care. And then um, upon her passing, they were both, uh, they both received large gifts from her. So I think they received large portions of her estate. Now, of course, because she was such an independent uh, woman who uh, didn't let no man tell her what to do. Would you say she was the Beyonce of Denmark? She may have been the Beyonce of Denmark. I dare say. Yeah. Because it sounded like she lemonaded. Oh, she 100% lemonaded. Yeah. Um, and you know what that is because I made you go with me. Actually, you took it as a, you took me as a present, but you also made I made you go with me. <laughs> Correct. All of the things. We wore matching ponchos. We did, because it was raining. Um, and you ate gross food. <laughs> oh, the food was so bad. Still upset about that. Anyway, Ingeborg. Ingeborg. So, of Beyonce course, um, there were some rumors about her spreading throughout the town. You know, because she was a... Powerful lady? Witch. Oh, no. Who had made a pact with the... Devil. Devil. Um, there was a rumor that she cut off the fingers of peasant children who stole grain from her fields. Of course. Um, and then one that I already kind of said before, uh, the biggest, the biggest rumor about her, there were several, several stories of her drowning the architect, Philip Brandon, in the moat so that he would never build a similar castle again, or so she, or the other theory is that she, so she didn't have to pay him. Similar to someone who's currently in power, who hires people to do work for him. And just never pays. Who is that what person? What is that? I cannot, what is the name never, of that guy? Just cannot, it is always know. on the tip of my... Uh, uh, we'll never know. It's all right. Ghost stuff. <laughs> <laughs> also, I need... To, I, just a real quick thing about um, uh, witchcraft. Uh-huh. Uh, it just... It drives me crazy. Um, all the women in history who have been accused of witchcraft mm -hmm. and exactly what the patriarchy is trying to steal from them yeah. and exactly what the patriarchy is accusing them yeah. of it sickens me it's it's horrible and in what i love about this story and i wish that i knew more about her and i i really tried to find as much as i could um and this is kind of like as much as i could find honestly um what I think is really incredible is that this is the 16th century. And not only was her did her mother negotiate this deal for this land, but that they had the support of their husbands as well, who were encouraging them to do these things. And like the, the biggest thing that I noticed and it, it, it's, it's not that I'm like, Oh good. They have like the support of a man. It's more that these guys were encouraging this and they were like on board with yep. it. Um, the biggest thing that I could tell um, like when they were doing all of this philanthropy work was that she was the one driving all of this. And her husband was kind of like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Um, like this was her life's work. This was her thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's sickening that she, because she was smart and independent and not to say that other women of the time, um, were not 
intelligent. Well, it's easier to be smart and independent when you're rich. Right. She had she had the vehicle to Sorry, do Sorry, I have to call it white feminism when I see it. No, she totally had the vehicle to do you it. But good know. but good on her. And she Totally. She's similar to um uh, uh Mary not Mary Winchester. What's her first name? Is it Mary? Of the Winchester. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, similar in that way. Did you see there's a Winchester movie coming out? I, I do. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, I'm aware. Okay. Um, but similar to her in the way that it's like, she chose to be a businesswoman. She chose to stay widowed, do her own thing, like stay on track and not give a fuck about what anybody is saying to her. Get it done. Get it done. And like, still like, I mean, you know, do this good work for the town and like make sure I'm sure that this town was doing wonderful things. I'm sure that they were thriving. And despite like mm-hmm. these guys who, these farmers who were frustrated um, with her because it was the pride of having a woman tell them what to do. Like that must've been like, so like, I wish we had them. something from the last year and a half that would be similar. Maybe men who just didn't like the idea of a woman who, I don't know. It's, I mean. Once again, we will never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. But will we? Nope. I just have to, I have to ask, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly the light went on and everybody was like, oh, we're all equal. Someday, Jay. Someday. Or we're just going to all implode. Um, Yeah. I hope to eat. I, I don't know. I'd like to be equal someday. I'd like the, I would like the idea of that. Or at least, like, maybe your daughter will be equal. I, God, I hope so. Mm-hmm. That's all I can hope for, really. I've accepted. I mean, I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, is that I have not. Okay, ghost stuff. Ghost We're not gonna, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. Well, of course, we see good old Ingeborg. Um, there are sightings of a white lady who moves around the castle at night. Um, she, it said that she walks on New Year's night and this was another thing that was lost in translation. Now, is New Year's the same as ours? I, I think so. Okay. I mean, the, I didn't earth, mean to throw you the off. earth turns around the sun. Yeah. Yeah. We, but no, also like, I mean, different cultures have, I don't know. I, I, I trust that it's the same. Yeah. Um, they, uh, this was lost in translation, but she, I think they see her in the windows. So there's something about like on New Year's night, she like comes out. But yeah. They're saying that like, it's an opportunity for her to look through the windows. I don't know if the, if the moon's shining a certain way or what, it was a really weird translation. Um, she is said to uh, blow up candles. She, <laughs> she doesn't like the smell of sulfur. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who lit this place? <gasps> The tapestries could light on fire. Um, she... <laughs> That's the way to let them know you're there. <laughs> There's no way that a castle is drafty. There's <laughs> no way. Let's get out there. Oh my god, we are the worst people. Okay, All right. so she very terrifyingly blows out candles. <laughs> well, I'm sure it starts with a... Oh! Yes. Yes. Okay. Also, for those of you who don't watch the uh, <laughs> the videotape of this, Noel just did a beautiful modern dance. <laughs> it's really gorgeous. Thank you. You look like a swan. Oh, thank you. 
Nobody's ever said that about me. Well. Because uh, my long neck, my neck's actually rather short. No, it was because of what you did with your hands. Because I did this you leg. You sort of swam a little bit. Thank you. With winged arms. I also am not a strong swimmer, so thanks. Um, okay. I enjoy the swim. I'm just not great at it. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, she gets annoyed when the door to a corridor corridor on the upper floor of the east wing is closed. You would too. I mean, she's got to get in, right? Um, she, well, it is the upper east wing. <laughs> it's not like it's a southern scholar. It's not like the west wing in Beast's Palace. Don't go into the west wing. <laughs> you can't go into the west wing. Oh, I'll go. Um... Uh, Who is this handsome man with a... There, there's a... there's a. <laughs> oh, he's so rugged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there is a rumor that after her death, um, a priest was summoned to perform an exorcism. Bug. And uh, because she was, you know, so unruly and causing In so death. many... Yeah, causing so many troubles within the... For blowing up those candles. Yeah. <laughs> So he performed an exorcism and attempted to move her spirit to a nearby bog where she now resides. You think she's in a bog? No, she's absolutely not. She's in the house because other people believe her to be known. So this was like, that was 16th century stuff. Now, like the current people who um, uh, manage the location believe her to be uh, the building's protector. And some people say that uh, if she ever stops haunting the place, it will fall down. Okay. I like that. I do too. Um, this one is uh, a fun one. Um, there is the blood patch that cannot be washed washed off. Good. Or as I put it here, watched off. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. <laughs> hey, spelling. Yeah. What's the blood patch it's, from? Um, it's located in the Northeastern Tower. Um, nobody knows exactly where it came from. It's a like a plumage on the floor and it is believed because it was innocent blood that has been poured onto the floor um, that the spot will never be able to be removed because yeah. innocent blood was shed. So whose? We don't know. Bogus. I know. That's a bummer. We'll have to we'll have to wear detective caps when we go there. Um yes. <laughs> First step one, get detective caps. <laughs> Step two, tell Noelle I ordered them from Amazon. Yes. I am a detective. I am so excited. Oh, my God. So the stain was forgotten for many years, but during a renovation of the room in 1997, the spot was revealed again. So the thing is, is that, like, they'll try to remove it with bleach, whatever, Mm -hmm. and it will go away, but then it always comes back after several days. Yeah. Um, Is it... Have they tried luminol? No. You know what? Maybe we should bring them some CLR. So what? Or what is it? Oxy, um, uh, uh. Oxycon? No. No, I'm kidding. Um, Oxycon. What was that? Billy, the guy who died on the plane. like The the, coke aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, um. You know what I'm talking about? I totally do. Um, the guy who's like, boy, all this stuff, Oxyclean. No, no, no. That's the dude who took over from him. The other guy was Uh, not that guy. All right, whatever. But what I'm trying to say is um, luminol is not a detergent. Luminol is a oh, yeah. uh, blood detector. You're right. And so it doesn't matter if you can wash it clean. If it's just 
like maybe it's rust or maybe there's some oxygen like oxygenation happening up in the tower because yeah. of whatever. You're so smart. Well, you're ruining it for everybody. I'm kidding. I'm so <laughs> kidding. <God. laughs> Oh my god! I'm so okay, I'm kidding. I'm I just so got sorry. so sad. No, no, no. Am I really ruining it? For no, people? you're not. You're not. You're actually at bringing science into it, oh, and that's wow. great because people love science. No, everyone hates. Me. I like it. I'm a big fan of science. Did we ever? Did Did Neil we Tyson on the air tell the story of uh, when I was hanging with your daughter and she thought she saw a ghost and we debunked it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's actually very smart, and that's a really good. But we could figure out pretty quickly if it's blood. So let's take our black lights, our detective caps, yeah. and a <laughs> bottle of luminol. Oh, I thought you were gonna say a bottle of uh, we're gonna, a box of wine. We're gonna and Can also we always call it a bottle of a box of wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna bring some in like a little uh, water bottle and shove it in my purse, cause I can't uh, take that. I can't fit that wine cube in That's my big. bag. That's big. That's big. I mean, maybe we can put it in your backpack. Yeah. I'm assuming you'll have a backpack. I always have a backpack. You travel with a backpack. You could actually, you know what? No, I'm not. No, I'm not at all. Actually, what we can do (laughs) is we can take the bag out of the box. (gasps) Why have a? Oh my God, we're working all of these things. Ingeborg, you have helped us. Ingeborg. Ingeborg. All right. Here's a good one. The wild boar skin. Into it. Uh, It's my favorite bar in Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) It's also my favorite form of contraception. Well, you know. So prickly. Um, <laughs> 99.9% effective. You know that, um, like, the wild boar had, boar's head is like a big German thing, right? Uh, mayhaps. That, like, that's a thing that you have in your home. Oh. Um, so, uh, we, um, in our, our barn, they have. Do you have one? Yeah. Oh. Um, they're, like, all of my uncle's. Uh, deer bucks heads and like all the taxidermy mm-hmm. lives in the barn. Um, yeah, we're German. We're, we're both German, but we're German differently. We are. We yes, we totally are. So like you're a- high society German, where we're oh. I'm like hill people <laughs> German. Um. So uh, we, um, we're just not. We're not the hunting kind. No, we're hunters for sure. Yeah. Uh. So um. There's also the boar's head. That's in in the barn, because that's where it went for whatever reason. And so a our great brand of meat. Thank you, Boar's Head, for sponsoring. You're spirits. killing it, Boar's Head. But the so our barn, our family barn, is no longer like used um, in a functional way. It's more like since I was a kid, it was used for parties and whatnot. Um, it's also where our piano lived, and that's where I would practice piano when I was taking piano lessons. And Terrifying. The boar's Head lived right above the piano. And so I'd be like pigeons. practicing. No, we didn't have pigeons. There are no, there are no pigeons. There are no pigeons. There in was a in there. No. Yeah. Birds were definitely flying through. Okay. If like both doors were open, it was more I'm from Chicago. I don't, it was more the, the straight, well, we had farm, like farm cats. So okay. like they would like walk across the keys while I was trying to practice. Got it. it was I was more trying that. to say that like the bird, I, no, 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 like the birds, I just know what birds are called. The birds weren't a thing. Robins. <laughs> robins are really like okay. what we have there it's the state bird of wisconsin you're welcome um i thought the state bird of wisconsin was brett Favre's football no it's not 
I'm a little I'm a little sour with him right now because he's Did he join another football team? No, he was giving away autographs in his Vikings jersey and it broke my heart again. <gasps> no, but so I'd practice as a child playing the piano with this boar's head with its tongue sticking out. Literally like the tongue I'm probably using literally wrong again. <laughs> tongue sticking out, like looking over me. Ugh. Gross. Still there. And then every once in a while, I'm like, you just want to, you want to know what it feels like, right? No, I don't. Yeah. I touched all those heads. (laughs) (laughs) 99.9% accurate. (laughs) I mean, it's the closest you get to one of those animals, so you got to know. Anyway, so there's a well. Wild boar skin that was uh, deposited on the castle grounds in the 1700s. Um, it was deposited actually between Vergard and uh, another um, estate called Hunsland, um, which caused a skirmish, and it resulted in Vergard getting the, the skin. Now, the legend states that if, the wild boar skin must never be removed from a Vergard slot or the entire castle will crash into gravel or burn to the ground. So either um, if Ingeborg stops haunting it, it will uh, crash to the ground. Or if the wild boar skin is removed, it will crumble to the ground. So, so they're basically saying like this place is going to crumble to the ground. Don't just leave it be is what they're saying. Don't mess oh. with it. Is I think that's like the more thing, like like the bigger thing, like just leave it as is. Uh-huh. Um, I told you about the dungeon, um, but the one thing I didn't tell you was that there are listening channels built in the, into the wall, so kind of similar to Eastern State Pen. Oh yeah. Um, if you uh, listen, you can hear prisoners groaning Aww. through the channels. So uh, that's terrible. That's so. Terrible. Um, well, I'm going to say something that is yeah. uh, very easy to say. Um, I really hate human suffering. I'm really and listening to it really bothers me. The idea of those small, small, dun- that small dungeon and people being able to hear is, I just, I can't imagine like why anybody thought that that was okay. Like it's, it's in, in so any brutal. way, shape or form. It's yeah. so awful. It, it, because you brought up Eastern state penitentiary, like, the fact that in middle in the middle to late 1700s they still hadn't gotten it together yet to figure out like the difference between putting somebody in a prison and executing them well and the fact that they the- basically executed everybody for everything right cuz they were just like well we don't know what to do mhm yeah right that's crazy well and i mean that this was used until 1840, mm. and it more or less was a box that you were shoved into oh. with no air holes, like no you ventilation. Can, like, stand or lay. Like, what do you? So you're sitting in a crouch. So your your limbs are atrophying probably in whatever position for however long. <sighs> it's it's just got to be absolutely miserable. No sunlight. No like ventilation. Like you're living in that stifled air. I, I it's. It's, it's horrifying to me. Horrifying. I, I have one quick thing to say about that. Yeah. I took a lift to work today and mm-hmm. we were on Lakeshore Drive, uh, driving in such a manner that I was, I, I was slightly appreciative of the speed, but I, <laughs> but I looked at 
what the guy was driving, and it was like seventy. Mm-hmm. Lakeshore Drive is forty. Speed oh, I thought that was just a suggestion. Speed limit's 40. I think most people should drive it at 50, 55, right? Like, whatever. Sure. But 70 is really aggressive and really fast. And I thought to myself as I sat in the back of this car, like, I just, I kind of got centered with myself. And, uh, spoiler alert, I didn't. But I thought, if I die, like, (laughs) how, how, how do I want that to be? Um, and like, it just took over my brain. I was like, clearly my knees are going to smash. Right. Clearly like all these things are going to happen. And it was the weirdest thing going back to my empathy for human suffering and then thinking about my, my, my own human suffering. I just could not get it out of my mind that I just wanted to die on contact. Right. Like I, I can't believe I'm admitting this on a podcast, but I was like, I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to survive any of this because this is, this is going to be so brutal and yeah. so awful. And we are going to like, this car is going to roll. We're going to take out like six other cars. It was, it was the worst, but anyway, human suffering is terrible. It's horrible. And just, yeah, to think that when I, like, I read through that multiple times um, when I was doing my research for it and I was like, is that like just to try to understand what that oh. space could have possibly been no, like. No, 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 no. And it, I mean, it's probably the equivalent of a crawl space. Oh. And it's like, I remember going in and I know like people who live in Southern States where um, you can't have basements because the water level is so high. Like yeah, we they have, have a basement. Yeah. So I grew up with a basement. Um, I'm pretty sure the Blair Witch lives there. Um, I can post a picture <laughs> of what my parents' basement sure looks right. like. It's, it, I mean, it looks exactly. I think exactly... everyone on the show thinks, listening to me, that I don't believe in ghosts. Uh, I believe, in, I believe a lot in ghosts, and Noel's house has one. And you definitely saw my parents' basement, which the Blair Witch 100% lives there. I'll post a picture. Um, the, uh, so, it's so, like, to go into. start calling her something else. Yeah, we'll find a name for her. I mean, she's certainly an asshole. She hates me. But, like, um, I don't want to call her a witch because I like witches. Right. I remember, like, I think it was you where you are like, have you ever, have you ever kind of been, like, you know, done the whole thing where you're like, I respect you and I know you're here and I know, like, this is my space now? And I was like, no, that bi- that bitch and I have history and, like, we're done. Uh, well, when she haunted <laughs> she me that, hates me. When she haunted me that one night, I, like, <laughs> fully gave up and went downstairs. You did because she was scratching. Yeah. Oh, she hates me. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I hear you. Because I, I respect you and she didn't stop. And I was like, No. I don't get you, man. No, it might have been squirrels, but we don't know. <laughs> I won't sleep. This is full disclosure. I will you not won't sleep in the room you have. I won't sleep in. in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house when I stay there because I'm terrified of it. Um, and and I did not where you put your friends, full disclosure. I was getting there. Um, my entire childhood, I did not sleep well in that room. And now if my friends are in town, like Jay, I put her in that room. (laughs) I'm like, I'll just be across the hall. It's fine. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Um, so I slept downstairs in her couch and it was fine. 
Yeah, sorry. Right. Well, that is the story of Ingeborg Skeel and Vergard. Vergard? Vergard. I think it's Vergard. Um, go there. It's only 1644 American. You guys, oh my god. That's, that's like one euro. It's just like unbelievably <laughs> cheap. My lunch cost more than that today. It didn't, but well, it was close. You're very rich. I'm very fancy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it was a slice of lemon on a piece of kale. <laughs> it was pretty close. Uh, That's about what my lunch was, and I had a half of it because there wasn't time. Anyway, um, I'm so I'm so full. Uh, do we have time for one more? Do you want to hear one more? Sure. What time is it? We're at like the fifty-two. I can squeeze this one in. Kick it. We're going to zing on back to the I won't old... talk so much. Sorry. No, I've been no, no, very no, 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 no. Do you have any more questions about Ingeborg? Nine. I wish, honestly, I, I wanted to fill a full hour with her because I think she's awesome, and I wish I had more information about her, but it's hard to find. Um, but if you have any, please share it with us. For sure. Because I think she's a really kick-ass woman, and I loved, like, finding the story. And I'm just going to yes on that really quickly because I do a lot of historical things. Yeah. And when you do historical... Uh, stories, it's very difficult to yeah. fill in the blanks and, and to find out the truth when you were like, could be this year, could be this year. I know I say that all the time right. because you look at like eight sources and they all say different things. Yeah. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I really loved the story and I loved learning about it and it was a lot of fun. So thanks Denmark. Um, but we're going to zip on back to the old US of A. What? And we're going to talk about... A little lady known as Olive Thomas. Do I know her? You don't know her? No. Well, um, Olive Thomas was the uh, woman who starred in the 19, uh, 1920 film um, Flabber Girl. Flabber? Flapper. Oh, so Flapper. she was actually oh, the original Flapper. She oh, was a awesome. silent film star and model. Um, she... Uh, in 1914, she's she had a she had a little bit of a an interesting life. Um, in at the age of 16, she had married young. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up in um, I didn't actually put this down. I think she grew up in um, West Virginia. She married very young, um, and within two years, she was granted a divorce on the basis of cruelty and desertion. She then moved to New York. Um, and, uh, started, um, her career as a model. And in 1914, she, uh, um, entered a contest for the most beautiful girl in New York and she won. Yeah, Olive. She had a, a short stint in the Ziegfeld Follies. Mm-hmm. So she was a showgirl there. She actually had an affair with, um, Mr. Ziegfeld himself. Fuck that fucker. Yeah. He was a pretty terrible guy. Yeah. Um, That's like somebody being like, so-and-so had an affair with Louis V. Mayer. Yeah. By the way, only because we marched and hashtag me too, I have to say, people did not have affairs with Louis V. Mayer or Zigfield or Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey. These no. were not affairs. Well, and she, and this is where she, again, she's a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, She ditched him because he wouldn't marry her and leave his wife. So she was like, we're done here. I'm moving on. So she ended up meeting Jack Pickford, who was the (gasps) younger brother of Mary Mary Pickford, Pickford. silent film star, Mary Pickford. Okay. 
But so I love that now you're speaking my language. <laughs> I know. I was like, you're you're with me. Olive had a pretty um she had a pretty good career. She was signed by Triangle Films. Um and were they Nickelodeons? Uh yeah, she was a silent film star. She uh right. had done about she had like a, a, a bunch of decent movies. I didn't document them because I knew I didn't have a ton of time. But she um uh had a pretty good um uh, words are escaping me now. Sorry. Run of films. She had a pretty good run of films, like under her belt. Like she was starting to get known. Like, um, she was very popular. And actually, the thing with her and Jack Pickford was that they were married for a year before news of their engagement broke because she didn't want people to think she was off the table. No, no, no. She didn't want people to think that she was riding on the Pickford's tails. Oh. And that she was, like, using them for her success. Got it. That's usually one of the two things. Yeah. Is that uh, most most of the secret marriages of Mm -hmm. those times were just so people wouldn't think that, like... No. It was more because she wanted to prove herself. Yeah. Like, Veronica Lake. Do you remember Veronica Lake? Yeah. She was... She was fully married uh, mm-hmm. before she became a star, and they were like, uh, "Lose the husband, you're hot." And she was like, uh, "What?" Right. Yeah. She's like, uh, and then but she was I love show. him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then she got pregnant, and they were like, "We we cannot have our brand new." Mm-hmm. But that's when hot the studios yeah. owned you, and um, yeah. So uh, it bro- like their engagement broke first, and then all of a sudden it came out that no, actually they had been married for a year. Um, but like they held have... DeBarge and Janet Jackson. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, the thing with, with Jack and Olive was that they had a very tumultuous marriage. Um, they were both very young and they were big partiers. They actually met on the Santa Monica pier and, um, like the party just like started there. Like she was known as just like having a really great time all the time and like, Drinking all of the drinks and flirting with all of the men. By the way, you can't see us right now. Noelle and I are smiling and like shimming because yeah. we love this. It's so much fun. Like, so they would get drunk, get in a fight, have sex, and repeat. Like that was their life. And the Pickfords actually didn't approve of Olive because. <laughs> so in Mary Pickford's uh, biography, she makes a reference of how. They just didn't quite understand her because she came from musical theater and that was kind of alien to them. And so, like, she was trashy for that reason, which I was like, how dare you? Um, Because you are a musical theater lady. I I am. That's Well, I mean, that was my background at one point. It is my background. Um, In a former life. But I, in the 1920s, <laughs> did musical theater. How dare she call her an alien? <laughs> I did musical theater with Lionel Barrymore. But then she, like, turned it around and she was like, but she was, you know, she was such a stunning woman and so beautiful and she was so talented and all these things. And she was like, I think we just didn't, they were so young and we were so protective of him. Right. And so we saw them running around and doing all these crazy things and we were worried. Fair enough. And I, I completely, as a sister to well, two brothers, I get it. Well, they must doing a lot of cocaine. They were doing all of the things. So, because that was the time period for all of Which leads to this. <gasps> At the age of 25, oh. she drank down. So they had this very tumultuous relationship. They also, like, even in uh, the... Uh, 
early 19 in the 1920s, um, actors were still like famous people were still like doing all this crazy traveling and they, if they were married, they wouldn't see each other for like three months at a time, blah, 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 which caused a lot of issues in their marriage. So they were like, let's go on a second honeymoon. Let's take a trip together. Let's, you know, rejuvenate this relationship. So they go to Paris and they go out, they're partying. Uh, they're having a great time. I'm so nervous right now. They go back to the hotel. Which one? The story. I don't know. The story. Um, the stories are a little. They're like it, there's a bunch of different versions of the story. One of them is that um, Jack passes out in the hallway, and she's like, "See you later." Oh no! Are we sitting, Nancy? No. Okay. Um, she's like, "See ya," and goes back into the room. Does whatever. She goes into the bathroom, drinks out of this bottle that is in French, and so she doesn't know what the label says. And inside of it is mercury bichloride. Oh, oh man, dude. Which was intended to treat Jack's syphilis topically. And when she drinks oh my it, because <laughs> that's right. Jack has syphilis. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... Well, fuck him anyway. So, from Jack's account, he hears her scream. He's after a murderer, she, and he's a liar, and forensic files will prove it. After... No. After she drinks it, she hears... Or he hears her say, oh my god. And he runs into her. She wouldn't be and able she's to. she's like, what is this? She wouldn't be able to say any of this. I don't know. He's lying. And he tells her it's poison. Can He's, you imagine drinking Drano, basically? I know. And, like, I run in, and I'm like, no, what's wrong? And you're like, ah, oh, I just realized this is Drano. I'm so sorry. How did it taste? <laughs> so cute. Um, because at the same time that you'd be, I don't know, formulating these thoughts in your head, your esophagus would be rotted out. But, well, maybe. There are reports from all of, like, the hospital people, that she was talking and communicating with them. Yeah. So, like, everybody said she was she was talking. I'm into it, but keep going. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't know. So, they immediately, like, he says he has her. I took my husband's top. He's like, that's poison. Um, so, he has her drink all of this water um, to try to get it out of her system. He gives her, he gives her egg whites, I guess, to, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Calls it, to give her salmonella. Right. Calls calls a doctor right away. They take her to the American hospital in Paris. Um, they pumped her stomach like three times. Couldn't get it out. She was in the hospital for five days until she died. And he was at her side through all of it. Um, so now some people actually speculate that it was a suicide. And so there are some sites that you go on that point blank say suicide i because they were i'm i'm with suicide and or murder yeah i it's hard to say i mean she was only 25 but they think that because he possibly gave her syphilis she was just like this is over like we're done like she was mad at him he of course he was so she was getting back at him well i don't think that she has to be that like or she was angry at him so but unclear as to what exactly caused it um but other people think that she was just a drunk and thought it was more booze. It's like Tipper Gore drinking all of the um, nail polish. Are you remover. thinking about Katie Dukakis? 
Kitty the Caucus, not Tipper. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Tipper, please do not sue this show. We, we Tipper, I'm sorry. You just want to ban my illicit music. Yeah, like, like Tipper, we know you're the person who just wants to put, like, explicit lyrics stickers on CDs. Also, listeners, look up what a CD is. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. But, yeah, Kitty the Caucus. Kitty the Caucus. I'm so, so sorry. Um, so, I feel, so it could be that, too. Where can I find more hooch? This is the 1920s. Well, it was also during Prohibition, so she thought that she might have thought it was illicit hooch that he had brought into it. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. So. I think you and I need to study it. Well, you will. We're going to put our detective caps on. We're going to solve this crime. I ordered them. I'm so happy. Um, Okay. Since then. Yes. Olive has been sent to haunt. The new Amsterdam Theater in New York City. This is why I asked you about oh. earlier. <laughs> Holland. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Needed some clarification on things. Okay. Uh, so she said to haunt the new Amsterdam Theater in New York City, which is um, the theater where Aladdin runs and is now owned by Disney. Um she once owned the spotlight there working with, that's where the Zigfield Follies took place. Um, It said that she struts around in a green beaded costume that she wore as part of the Follies while clutching a blue bottle. Ah. Some people have said that um, she wears a sash that says olive on it. Um, She supposedly appears before men and flirts before she vanishes. Yay. Um, She's been spotted so often by stagehands that um, they believe that it's best to say goodnight, Olive, before they leave the theater. Oh, yeah, I would. Um, They've also, because of her frequent visits, have posted photographs of her at every entrance so the workers also can greet her. Yay! So they come and they say hi to her and they leave and they say goodnight, Olive. Um, Disney employees have a ritual of... No, with the new employees, like, like since Disney has taken over, they have a ritual of blowing a kiss and touching the picture frame as they enter and leave. Oh, Which is just, like, really, really Aww, sweet. Um, so, a couple, uh, oh, one other thing, like, ushers have reported of being, like, touched on the back, and they say it's almost like somebody's sneaking up behind them and just kind of, like, touching them and, like, messing hey, with them. Hey, Noelle? Yeah. Um, should we go there and get your hair touched? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. Noelle, you like getting your hair touched. <sighs> No, I'm just getting like chills up my back thinking about it. Um, a couple of quick fun stories and then we'll leave you guys. Um, they, a group of, uh, Disney staffers were sitting in an office discussing, um, the, uh, movie, the artist, which won the Oscar a couple of years ago. It was a silent, yeah. bit set in the silent film era. Um, they're wondering, how uh, many of the Follies girls became film stars, and they mentioned Olive's name. Um, but somebody made the comment that the real star of the silent era was Mary Pickford. And uh, so they said, now maybe Olive got a little upset about that, because when someone said, I wonder what Olive Thomas would think of the artist, a stack of 13 DVDs on the table f- um, next to them flew into the air and crashed across the room. And uh, this is my favorite part, how they excuse that these flew across the room. They said, that stack had been there for a long time, and there was no obvious way that they could have fallen, let alone fly across the room. 
They didn't fall straight down as CDs would have done. They went flying about three feet across the room and hit a wall. Um, it was witnessed by several people. And uh, they didn't immediately make the connection to Olive, but they were like, it has to be her. Um, and then finally, shortly after the opening of Aladdin in 2014, an audience member came up to one of the ushers during the performance and asked if she could have a booster seat for her ch child. Um, she said, we don't like to interrupt the sh uh, show, so we waited until the intermission and came to her with a booster. This is what the staff member said. But we found she already had one. When we asked her where she had gotten it, she said, a lady at the back of the theater had gestured to where they were. Um, and then they said, now, we don't have a woman at the back of the house who does that in the middle of a show. And they checked with the rest of the staff, and no one had done it. So... <gasps> They attribute oh, that to Olive as well. Yeah. So um, she's like, she's frequently seen there. So if you are at the New Amsterdam Theater in New York City, a lot of like, mostly it's um, crew and staff members who see her, but they have said, and she usually shows up after the, um, the audience has left, but they have said that audience members have seen her from time to time. So you might get a good chance to see good old Olive Thomas. I love it. She's, um, it's, it's really unfortunate, you know, to only 25 years old. She had a bright future ahead of her. She's a badass. Total badass. She's amazing. I'm going to forensic files her yeah. and, uh, I'm going to make sure that her murder is solved. Mm -hmm. Yes. So two very different, but also equally badass ladies, Ingeborg Skeel and, uh, Olive Thomas. Uh, maiden, I think her birth name was Olive Duffy. She mm -hmm. was a, of Irish descent. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have for High Spirits tonight. Uh, Noelle did an amazing job taking us through amazing women and showing us that women are bad motherfuckers. Effers. That's right. Uh, you've been listening to a show called High Spirits. Noelle, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a, a wine cube today. It's got 300 plus awards yeah one hashtag too big to fit in my backpack <laughs> i am <laughs> drinking uh pills by revolution it's fine um <laughs> noelle has one last creepy thing to say to you sweet dreams <laughs>